Kings drop 146 on the Hawks. Aaron Fox goes for 30, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds to record his first triple-double. The Kings are 6-3. I had asked the question the other day, is it sustainable? And again, I think the improvement, I think how they're playing is sustainable. Sacramento Kings make the playoffs? I don't know about that. It's a cipher. Celtics beat the Bucks, and now the last undefeated team has been defeated. But not surprisingly, a good game, a tough game, back and forth. At one point, Boston seemed to have control. Milwaukee makes a strong run in the end. They outscored the Celtics 35 to 24 in the fourth. Giannis 33 and 11. Kyrie leads the Celtics with 28 points and seven assists. This is a matchup I could watch multiple times. I love the matchups. I've told you earlier, I like the improvement from Eric Bledsoe in terms of playmaking. It's funny because Brogdon's in his second or third year. They brought Bledsoe in, though, to be the point guard because they didn't really see Brogdon as a point guard. And guess what? He's not. Brogdon is just a ball player. He can do a little bit of everything. But their best lineup, when they're at their very best, these four players are in the game at the same time. That's Giannis, Middleton, Brogdon, and Bledsoe. The only weakness I see in the Bucks' armor, ultimately, because I love their length, their quickness, the ability to get into you defensively. Everybody on the team can take it to the rack. The only flaw, I think, is I don't know if they have the depth in terms of firepower coming off the bench. They have some good, solid role players coming off their bench. I like Ilwasova. DiVincenzo is going to get better as the year goes on. Tony Snell is a solid guy. John Hilton's long. He can block shots, finish at the rim. I just, I, I really think what they're missing is that guy that can give you 15 to 20 on a given night. Average around 15 a game on a given night coming off the bench. This is a good team, though. This is a much improved team. And the Celtics, I'm not saying they're not the beast of the East, but when you look at the Bucks, when you look at the Raptors, the foregone conclusion that it's a lot Boston's going to the finals no, nah, it's not a lock. And you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference. Raptors, 7-1. Celtics, 6-2. Six Sixers, 5-4. And, and the Sixers still haven't found their way. They're still struggling to find their way. They don't really have an offensive identity. The only certainty they have on offense is give it to Embiid and good things will happen. When you look at the Central Division, the Bucks are 7-1. Pacers are five and three. I think the Pistons and the Pacers will fight it out for second place in that division the whole season. I think the Pistons and Pacers will also both make the playoffs. The Southeast division is just a bunch of mediocre teams. Charlotte's four and five. The Heat are three and four, two and five with, with the Magic. Hawks are two and six. And the Wizards, which is the most talented team in the division by far, are one and six. So this goes back to something we talked about maybe in my first couple of episodes doing the cypher. Talent is a beautiful thing, but if your effort doesn't match your talent, you're not locked or booked in to get wins. The Washington Wizards, the fact that they're one in six with two all-stars and Bill and Wall, 
another solid young starter in Otto Porter Jr. And they'll be getting Dwight Howard back today. There's no excuse to be one in six. It's Friday, so you know what we do. We get right into it. Facebook questions and answers, or in some of the fam's case, statements and speeches, y'all know who you are. I'm Next says, D-Rolls will win six men of the year and shut all the haters down. I am Next. What I'll say to you is this, what I've said before. I've always thought if Derrick Rose could embrace the role of six men, that he could be an impactful player coming off the bench, that I could see him averaging between 16 and 18 points per game. So if the Timberwolves stay in the playoff hunt with or without Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose continues to play at a high level, sure, he has a legitimate shot. But we'll see. Seti says, says, Mo, you don't have to ask if the Kings are real. Anybody that's seen De'Aaron Fox play knows he's going to lead them to the playoffs. You can book it. De'Aaron Fox has played great first nine games of the season. The Kings are six and three. And I've watched a couple of their games. Here's the thing. The first thing that stands out to me with Fox is he's gotten stronger. You can tell he's taking body contact a lot better. And he's worked on his jump shot. Now, he still doesn't shoot the three ball well consistently, but he's at least made himself a threat. His mid-range game is what I'm most impressed with. His mid-range jump shot, I think that that's going to be the cornerstone of what he does. Because once you can establish the jump shot, then he can attack people with that speed. So, yes, I think what he's doing is impressive. I think the Kings are on the upswing. I've always said, I think what they're doing is real. I think it's sustainable in terms of improvement. Do I think it's real to where they're going to end up in the playoffs? I don't think it's real, fam. Harris 13 says, D. Rose can still put up numbers if he gets the opportunities. It's a great point. He scored 50 the other night. No Wiggins. No Jimmy Butler. So those shots were out there to be had. And my guess is once you get Jimmy Butler back and they've got their full rotation, the likelihood that he's going to get to put up 31 shots are slim and none. That still doesn't mean that he can't be impactful. That still doesn't mean when they're struggling and they do struggle that he can't be that guy occasionally that drops 20 to 25 points a night. I think Derrick Rose has shown that he has a lot of basketball left. And I think it was so such an emotional night for him. As a player, you could tell this was like a long time coming. I hope he can take momentum from off that performance and carry it on through the season. Melly says, Derrick Rose dropping dropping 50 has more meaning than KD's rings. (laughs) The hate is nonstop. The KD hate is nonstop. This is year three. We got to move on. He is a two-time champion and a two-time finals MVP, and you don't have to like it, but it's happened. It's a done deal. We got to move on. Y'all killing me with the KD hate. Big George, Lakers are a train wreck. Wait a minute. Lakers are a train wreck, and LeBron is the conductor? All right. Yes, the Lakers are off to a slow start. Fair point. And they're probably the worst defensive team in the league, not named the Wizards. Also a fair point. 
But they're three and five. They're one of the best teams in transition. I love their pace. Don't know if LeBron can sustain it. But and I don't want to use the term early. What I will say is this. There's a lot of basketball to be played. And what the Lakers are doing right now, it's clear they're trying to find rotations. They're find, they're trying to find their own little units within the team structure that work well together. And that's something that plays out over a season. So I'm not making no excuses. The Lakers are struggling, but I think they're anything but a train wreck. And you have to admit, the Lakers might be the only team that could be three and five and still be must-watch TV. May says, D-Road just did a mic drop to all his haters. I don't know if it's a mic drop, but I know it was a big moment. And maybe it was such a big moment because most of us, whether you were a fan or you weren't a fan, you were surprised and impressed when you found out, when you looked up and saw that D-Rose dropped 50. So maybe it was a mic drop. Either way, what I know for fact is I was impressed. Charles says, do you think D-Rose can sustain this level of play? Yeah, Yes, Charles, I, I just said that. I do think he can sustain this level of play. If you're asking me, can he be productive and impactful in the sense that he can average around 16 to 18 points a game over the course of a season? No question he can do that. If you're looking for him to do something insane or something that resembles what he did in 2010, 2011 on a consistent basis, then no, I don't think he can go to that level. I don't think he's that guy anymore. JoJo says the future is bright for Sacktown. It is. I think, like I said, with Fox, with Willie Cauley-Stein, I, I like their young core. I like the additions that they've made. I think for once, and it's weird, for once in a very long time, Sacramento Kings, they're fun to watch. I think I haven't said that since the Chris Webber era. Hoffa says Fox will be most improved player once the season ends. He's definitely the front runner, but there's a lot of basketball to be played, but he's definitely going to be the front runner in that. And and the way he's playing right now, he might even get some all-star consideration. Steve says, admit it, Mo. Fox is way better than Lonzo Ball, and it's not even close. Well, this season, you're talking about a player that's averaging 19 points a game, eight assists, and four rebounds, shooting about 50% from the floor. Versus Lonzo, who's giving you 10 points a game, four rebounds, and four and a half assists on 46% shooting, which is really good, and 41% from three, which is outstanding. The difference is, Tiaran Fox is their number one option offensively. And the ball is always in his hands. And Lonzo Ball might be the fifth option offensively. And he plays on a team with a superstar who is a ball-dominant superstar. LeBron has the ball in his hands at all times. So I don't know if Lonzo is going to average seven or eight assists for the season because you play with LeBron and you play with Rondo. Until Luke Walton has set rotations, and I think ultimately Lonzo is going to be a starter, but even then, I don't know how many times he's going to have the ball in his hands. They're in different situations on different teams. But I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Darren Fox is balling out, and he deserves all the credit in the world. Jay not asked, 
or actually he says, I'm the hundred. You're right about DeMar DeRozan. Dude can get to the line at will, and he's become a much better passer. I tell people this. I, I know you saw the train wreck and how things ended in Toronto, but that was that was that series, and that was a team meltdown, and maybe no, nobody was more impacted than DeRozan himself. But as a basketball player, when you look at his overall skill set, when you look at his game, his ability to get downhill and attack the rim or go into the post, he's got really, really nice footwork in the post, and his ability to pump fake you and get you in the air, he can get to the line when he's struggling with his shot. He's got a great mid-range jump shot, but when he's struggling, the great thing about somebody like DeRozan is he can still generate offense by getting to the line, and he is a much-improved passer. This isn't me making a claim about him being better than Kawhi, because I would never make that claim. But I am saying there are parts of his offensive game and what he does that are better than what Kawhi can do offensively. Kawhi doesn't have the handle that he has, and Kawhi can't get to the basket like he can. They're just different players offensively. But shout out to Kawhi and DeRozan. This trade seems to have worked out for both both clubs. Max says, I disagree with you about LeBron. He's stepping back and challenging the younger guys to take the lead on defense. I'm just saying, he can't do everything. He leads them in points. He leads them in assists and rebounds. Mac, I'm going to put it this way. I see the name Mac, but the words that are coming out your mouth sounds like Nick Wright. I just hear the yeah, but excuses. Nobody's questioning how great he is. And from an offensive standpoint, the numbers he's putting up, Sure, he's going to be an MVP consideration. All I'm saying is the idea that he's stepping back. By stepping back and not playing defense, you're not challenging the young guys. Think about what they're looking at. They're seeing you not give that extra effort. They're seeing you not help the helper and show and recover. So what are they doing? They're doing or they're imitating what you do. They're following your lead. So, Let's just say we agree to disagree on that one. Lex says LeBron brings drama, but he also brings titles. He does bring some drama and he has brought some titles. But to be fair about those titles, he brought titles when he joined Wade and Bosch. And he brought titles when he rejoined the Cavs with Kyrie and Love. This is different. There's not a second established star on this roster. And I know people want Kuzma to be that guy and people want Ingram to be be that guy. And a lot of people want Lonzo to step up and be the guy that they think he's going to be. But right now, today, what LeBron is doing is he's playing with potential. And potential can go really well or it could never happen. Stat guy says, Darren Fox is John Wall with a jumper. Well, his jumper is much improved. And I love the way he's competing, even on the defensive end. It seems like he's playing better defensively. His jumper is much improved, but his overall numbers would indicate that his jump shot, numbers-wise, actually isn't much better than John Wall's. What he's doing really well is he's attacking the basket. He's getting to the foul line. Aaron Fox last year only got to the foul line two times a game. This season, he's shooting 
seven attempts per game. That's the difference in his field goal percentage. His jump shot, again, I think it's improved. I don't know if it's really much better than Walls overall. But the difference is Walls 28-29, Fox just turned 21. Philly next says the Sixers will be fine. And just just so you know, they don't need to make any major moves. They just need to cut back on turnovers and find a set rotation. I disagree. And I know I've said this over and over that I had them as that third team that was going to sneak up and find a way to interrupt the Boston Raptors um, conference finals matchup. But I think there's just something missing there. I think they really do do need another guy that can get you 16 to 18 points a night. Somebody that can actually like create for themselves. If you have Simmons on the floor, who's a great all around talent, he fills up the stat sheets. But Simmons is not a scorer. If he's not in the open court, if he's in the half court, he's not a scorer. He's a different player. He also doesn't want to get to the foul line because he's a horrible free throw shooter. And I'm not putting it on him because folks can't shoot either. They have talent. But what they don't have is when you have in that 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 core of folk Simmons and Embiid, what they don't have in, they don't have floor balance. They don't have spacing. And to me, that's going to be an issue, especially in the playoffs when it's more half court, more of a grind. Justice says LeBron versus Jordan is low hanging fruit. It's like a go to move. On a slow news days. I agree with that. It seems like every other week when things are really, really quiet and there's nothing really to report on or really get into. Every network goes to this. If was a fifth scenario and they start putting out these straw man arguments or statements. And it usually begins with if LeBron played here or if Jordan played there. It is low hanging fruit. It is a go to. We agree on that 100 percent. DJ says. You're dead on about my Nuggets making the playoffs, and they're going to make some noise. Trust me. DJ, I'm, I'm really big on the Nuggets. I really am. I love that core, and I love Djokovic. I think the, the, the scary part about them is think about how good they're going to be once they get back Isaiah Thomas, Porter, and Barton. Those guys are going to be coming off their bench. Think about the firepower they're going to have going off their bench. I think that was their only flaw. When you look at them, they're they're a little top heavy. But when you get those guys back to add firepower off the bench, their depth, their overall depth is going to match up with the Celtics. I'm not going to go crazy and say, so you're trying to say the Nuggets are going to meet the Warriors in the conference finals. I'm not going there. But if there's a team that could surprise everybody that comes out of nowhere and can go on a deeper playoff run than projected, it's the Nuggets. This is a bonus question from a girl, Taylor, up in Boston. Shout out to Taylor and her son, Javon. Taylor asks, who you got, my Patriots or the Packers? I'm going with your Patriots. I just think they're the better overall team. I think they're the more balanced team. I think they have the best coach and they still have the best quarterback. I know Aaron Rodgers might be the most talented quarterback that ever played. And he can do some things physically that Tom Brady can't do or couldn't do even when he was younger. And I'm still going with the Pats. Another big quarterback duel, Drew Brees versus Jared Goff. 
Undefeated Rams take on the Saints in the Saints house. That's going to be an exciting game. That seems like one of those games where it might be who gets the ball last wins the game. But if I'm making a pick, I'm going to roll with the Rams to go into the Saints house. I'm going to trust in that Todd Gurley and company will put on a show. So there you go, Taylor. I talked a little NFL, just a little, because I know you're always telling me how much you love the NBA, but that I don't ride that hard for the NFL. It's not that I don't ride as hard. Let's just say I've taken a step back because this particular season, even more so than last, the scoring is insane. If you're a defensive player in the NFL, you've got my sympathy. I don't know how you get stops. I don't know how you tackle guys. I don't know how DBs cover guys. In this era, in this NFL, good receivers are putting up great receiver numbers. And then you have the great receivers, and their numbers are insane. And every quarterback good, bad, or average, or even, and then if you're great, even more insane. But if you're good, if you're just good, you're throwing for over 300 yards. So I've heard people say that the NBA scoring is crazy, and it is. I'm not going to argue that. They've made it to where they're going to make sure everybody puts up points, and it's kind of the same thing. In this NBA, you've got good players putting up great player numbers, and then the great players are putting up video game numbers. That's the way they wanted it. And while I love the NBA, I wish they would dial it back just a little bit. Anyway, Facebook fam, thanks for all the love, the support. Thanks for hitting me up too. I'm almost caught up, y'all. I am almost caught up. So that tells you I've been grinding. I've been putting on it. I've been putting out content and I am catching up. Also, shout out to the YouTubers. I appreciate all the support. I will catch you all on Monday. I'm going to hit you with this.